Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week, we're going to be recapping the Audible original story, Love at First Psych, written by Kara Bastone. We had to bring in a little bit of sweetness after the creepiness of last episode. Yeah, you know what? We love the cheese and this is full of it. This is grade A Parmesan. You know, a little bit of sharp cheddar mixed in there. Mm. It's like a quesadilla mix. It's that three cheese Mexican mix. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that racist to say? <laughs> Do I don't you know, know. You know what I'm talking about, right? The three yeah. cheese, Mexican cheese mix. Yeah, that you get for like quesadillas and nachos and tacos. Yeah. I don't know. Is it racist that they called it Mexican mix? <laughs> should we cancel cheese? Absolutely not. We should never cancel cheese. I love cheese. So our story takes place in a college campus. Yes. It centers around the two main characters, Marigold and Robbie. They are in the same psychology class. It's the psychology of love class. Marigold is sitting at a coffee shop when our story starts. She's waiting for her group partner, Robbie. And the way she's talking about him, it just, you get the feeling that she doesn't like him. She Mm -hmm. kind of alludes to having had classes with him before. She makes him sound sort of like a douchebag frat boy. She does, right? But then when we meet him, he's the opposite of a douchebag frat boy. He seems really cute. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. He's tall, dark haired, charismatic, and he's really witty. Mm -hmm. And not just that, he has this really upbeat and cute energy like he's not trying Mm -hmm. to be cool and collected no honestly if Robbie tripped over his shoe and ate shit in the middle of this coffee shop he would have played it off like he got tackled by an imaginary bear those are the vibes for sure don't you feel like he's almost too nice to be attractive you know what like maybe if he was real life and (laughs) this was like all the time yeah however I don't know in the book Perfection. Marigold is older than her peers. She's like mm-hmm. 26 because she took a couple years off before she started. So she's already feeling kind of out of place because college is full of older teenagers and young 20-somethings and she's pushing 30. She comes off a little lonely, but also she comes off a little bit like she's got to stick up her butt in the beginning. A little high strung, yeah. And he's actually excited to be doing this group project with her. Everyone takes this class specifically for this project. The project centers around interviewing couples and determining if love at first sight is real or not. They are to pinpoint the moment that these couples fell in love to either confirm or deny love at first sight. And I'm like, interviewing people is not an experiment. There's no data. You're not really collecting yeah. enough data for an experiment. Um, Related but unrelated, totally believe in love at first sight. Do you really? I fell in love with my husband the day, I, like the minute I saw him. I remember the first time I saw him. How do you know it was love and not like, I want his face on my face? You know what? I don't know. I remember the first time I saw him and I remember I turned to one of my coworkers and I went, hm, I'm going to marry him. And then you stalked him across the country. <laughs> state, not the country. Oh, oh excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> it was the state. You're a low level stalker. <laughs> he, you know what? He loves cats and we mm-hmm. played a game of cat and mouse where I was the cat and he was the mouse. <laughs> so that's why he married me. I remind him of a cat. Gotcha. Well... Marigold is firmly on the side of love at first sight does not exist. Very early on, we see that Robbie is 
a romantic. He's an optimist. Mm -hmm. Their banter is chef's kiss. It is because they're both really quick and witty. And it's just kind of like who can outwit the other. Because this is a group project, both Robbie and Marigold have lined up couples for them to interview. So... They are waiting for the first couple and Marigold is worried that the interview is going to be awkward because they're just asking these people to divulge sort of intimate details about the relationship. I love awkward. This is my jam. Awkward is the best. I am always accidentally awkward and then I have to deal with it normally by making a joke. (laughs) By moonwalking out of the room. (laughs) Just panic moonwalking backwards out of the room. So the first couple was lined up by Robbie. This couple are actually his landlords. Dude, they are so sweet. They've been married for 60 years. Mm -hmm. The guy proposed after three weeks. It was sort of like a Romeo and Juliet situation. He was Italian. She was Jewish. And their parents were like, absolutely not. And she was like, but mommy, I love him. (laughs) I love the poor boy. The wife says that she worked at her father's barber shop and the Italians had their own barber shop. So she wasn't sure why this Italian boy was coming in. And he kept coming back every three weeks, even though his hair hadn't grown. And finally, he caught her alone one day and said, will you please go out on a date with me before I'm bald? Oh, my God. It's so sweet. It is. And then also, you know, they've been married 60 years, but they still have great chemistry. They still have a lot of love for each other. Mm-hmm. Marigold asks a question about coffee. It almost feels like she has some sort of theory about coffee. Yeah, she asks, do you guys know how each other takes their coffee in the morning? And the wife says her husband will bring the coffee into the bathroom and set it on the counter for her so she can have it as soon as she gets out of the shower. Do you ever have someone that's so sweet that it inconveniences you? You know, he brings me the cup of coffee and my breakfast while I'm in the shower. (laughs) And it's like, babe, this is so sweet, but please stop. (laughs) Well, the wife seems to appreciate it. She does. So Marigold goes to replenish their cookie stash and we get to hear a little bit from Robbie because apparently Robbie has some feelings. He's been simping after Marigold for a while, so much Mm -hmm. so that his landlords, the couple that they're interviewing, they know about it. They're like, wow, Robbie, she is really smart. And he's like, I know she's so beautiful and she's so smart. And he's just simping after her. Mm -hmm. Again, just too many green flags, you know? But also the recorder is still running. Oh, I didn't even think about that because, yeah, they're recording all the interviews. So the interview ends and the couple leaves. Robbie and Marigold are left to talk about their impressions on the interview. Mm -hmm. And Robbie's like, this proves love at first sight exists. And Marigold's like, absolutely, in your wildest dreams, it does not. So all of the advancements in psychology and everything we know about human behavior was basically formed back when there was no ethics or rules surrounding psychological experiments. They could literally take a group of college students and lock them in a dungeon and not tell them what the research was and just break their psyche and be like, oh, okay, yeah. So men will, in fact, put holes in the wall when they're angry. Science has come a long way and now there are rules. Now there are rules. But what I want to know is if ethics were not involved, how could we prove love at first sight? I I think it would involve a bunker. (laughs) There has to be a bunker and maybe Ed Sheeran because Ed Sheeran could play the music and then we would bring both people out looking their best and they would look at each other in the eyes 
And mm-hmm. you you can't help but fall in love when you look at someone attractive and Ed Sheeran is playing in the background. That's it. That is the scientific thesis here. Ed Sheeran must be involved when love is happening. Yes, in the bunker. Anybody who says they're in love before Ed Sheeran started making music is lying. Yeah, you're a liar. Our grandparents, liars. <laughs> love did not exist before Ed Sheeran released his music. This is the scientific analysis. This is science and it's true. Yes. The next interview is one that was chosen by Marigold. The couple is actually not together. The couple is divorced. Right. Marigold, what the hell? (laughs) You know what? She's the grump. She says it doesn't exist. And so they're both trying to find couples that prove their preconceived idea. As Marigold and Robbie are waiting for this couple who is running late, Robbie's stomach starts grumbling. Marigold is like, oh, I actually brought you some muffins with chia seeds in it. Does she hate him? Have you ever eaten chia seeds? You're about ready to like shit your brains out. (laughs) Okay. But yes, the couple that Marigold chooses aren't even together. They are a divorced couple. Not only are they not together, they haven't been together for 10 years. And you would think that after 10 years of not being together, that these people who have no children together could be cordial. And they are, but you can tell that it's forced. It's not, it does not come naturally to them. The man, the ex-husband, is immediately annoyed that the woman is late. He's like, of course she is. She's always late. Essentially, this couple, they met when they were very young children. And then they met again at a college party. And they didn't recognize each other. They didn't know that they had already met. They hooked up. It was Mm -hmm. one of those very intense romances. I think they got married very quickly after... They moved in together, they started working together, and then they were going to school together. So they were always together. The man says that they would get into arguments and they would just argue about the same things over and over and over again. It came to a point where they just couldn't have the same argument anymore. Like there Mm -hmm. was nothing left to be said. Again, for this interview, Marigold asks, how do you guys take your coffee in the morning? They said that they had opposite schedules. So whoever was up first just made the coffee Mm -hmm. and whoever woke up next just heated it up and drank the leftovers. Mm-hmm. So no warm fuzzies here regarding coffee. No warm fuzzies. Marigold asked them, do you remember when you fell in love? She says it was the first time I heard him laugh. And he said it was when he saw the tattoo on her ass. <laughs> really awkward interview. Uh, afterwards, Marigold and Robbie kind of debrief. But they're arguing over when this couple fell in love. His standpoint is they fell in love the day they met. She's like, they met when they were children. He's like, you can't, like, you can't count that. They were kids. So he counts it as the party, the college party. And so he says, obviously, they fell in love at that party. She says, we don't know any of these things happened the night of that party. And he's like, what part of they hooked up in a bathroom makes you think that he didn't see her ass? She's like, we don't know the position. And so he's like, listen, let me tell you, the easiest position to hook up in a bathroom at a party involves him seeing her ass. Right. Right, 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 right. They are both digging their heels in deep yeah, because they both refuse to admit that their viewpoint is skewed. Can you imagine the stress of having a group project? First of all, apparently this group project is a huge part of their grade for this class. It's like their whole grade. Yeah. And so they have this group project and they have to come up with a concise argument and they don't agree. 
Marigold points out that the way they're picking the couples is flawed because they are mm-hmm. picking them to prove their point instead of just choosing at random. So they agree that the next couple they interview should be a couple that they don't know how they met. Marigold asked Robbie, she's like, why did you even choose this class? Like, you're not a psych major. Mm-hmm. And he says how he's taking 22 credit hours this semester to get caught up to graduate. For perspective, a full-time load is 12 credits. Which is four classes. So he's loading up on classes. Marigold is really shocked that he has such a full schedule. But then Mm -hmm. also she seems to take responsibility for it because... They have a history, Marigold and Robbie. Mm -hmm. They have this vague history that is teased throughout the story. Mm -hmm. So they had two previous classes together. And it seems like they both failed one of the classes and had to retake it. We don't know what their history is at this point. We just Mm -hmm. know that something went down the last time they had a class together. I'm hoping it involves murder. Like, I just need a little spice, you know? And you know what? Like, is that too much to ask for? I would settle with money laundering, you know, some white collar crimes. I'm a slut for white collar criminals. (laughs) Because they've got the money, honey. They got the money. (laughs) They wear suits. And they're probably not murderers. I mean, some of them are. Oh, you're right. No, I like that because it's like danger, but not life threatening. You know, it's like anticipation danger, suspenseful danger of the law and only the law will be get caught. Not like... Oh, wow. We just, that's a body. It's like, you are such a bad boy. You break the law and you might get arrested any minute, but you also buy me Birkin bags and treat me like a queen. Girls don't want Birkin bags. Girls want puppies. Yes, I want a raccoon. I want a little baby raccoon. They're not that hard to find. They're free. You can just take one. (laughs) That's not how it works, Courtney. Okay. Yes, it is. You can't just grab a raccoon. Yes, you can. Literally, nobody owns them. They're free. You can just take one. I feel like there are ordinances against, you okay, know, sh- like... Shh, we're not talking about the law. <laughs> shh, we're not talking about the law. I would make a terrible <laughs> white-collar criminal. I can't even... You're okay. like, but the city ordinances say... Section 319 of the county law. Real estate agent arrested after finding garage full of raccoons. Dude, I was just at the board of supervisors meeting, like freaking yelling at them for not funding our schools properly. So I'm pretty sure they would love to send me to jail for. Were you really yelling? I mean, I wasn't yelling, but I was like Hispanic yelling, you know, like loud voice, thick accent. So the third couple, they actually have to go to the zoo to visit this couple. The couple, they are zoologists, lesbian zoologists. That phrase alone is like the plot of like a really interesting novel. Lesbian zoologists. It feels like the plot of a whole other novel. <laughs> it, it's like one of those things where it's like, huh, there's one lesbian zoologist. Well, wait, there's two and they're together. <laughs> How did this happen? Anyways, so they go and... You can tell Robbie's super giddy to be at the zoo. He's like, look at the elephants. Look at the animals. Right. He's so excited. He's like, can we go look at the penguins after we're done? I would want to see the penguins before they left too. They're my favorite animal. Okay. On the record, my favorite animal is a raccoon because me and my niece have the special connection over raccoons. But off the record, it's goats. I love goats. I have goats. 
You do? I have two goats, yeah. Can you bring me one for the Taylor Swift concert? Can I ride on your goat? You're going to have to come over and see the goats before you leave. Okay. So this interview goes actually really well. This couple is really sweet, really in love. They also admit technically they're married, but technically they're not because they actually got married because one of them was from the Netherlands and needed a green card. Mm -hmm. They seem to be one of the most in love couples, but also they are they seem to be very clinical about the relationship. Right. Very logical about it where Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we're technically married. We're legally married, but we're not really married because we Mm -hmm. just married out of convenience. I was just like. When you really think about it, all marriages are marriages of convenience. It's like, hey, you are always in my face and we could get a tax break if we are officially married. (laughs) Right? Sign here. Marigold asked this couple, how do you take your coffee in the morning? One of them is like, oh, no, she drinks tea. And so, you know, in the evening, she'll take it with cream and they again they know Mm -hmm. how each other takes their coffee in the morning but one of them always makes it so this couple they met at a work meeting you could see how one of them fell in love right away and maybe the other one took a little more time yeah so one of them right away was like this is my person this is my penguin yes and the other one was like Maybe I like that penguin. Maybe I want to see other penguins. Maybe I want to check out the goats. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I want a raccoon. Right. You need to experiment when you're young. Do all of your experimentation when you're young because your body's (laughs) going to hurt when you're old and you won't be able to do it. So, yeah, this couple is really sweet. They have really great chemistry. Mm -hmm. They're obviously really in love. When this interview finishes, Robbie and Marigold decide to go look at the penguins. And it's interesting how they always make time to hang out after the interviews, even though they both claim to be really busy. Yeah. And she asked him several times, like, do you need to go study or something? You're taking 22 credit hours. How are you having time to do these interviews and hang out with me? Mm -hmm. And he always says, oh, I studied in the morning or I stay up late at night. He's like, I just don't sleep. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. My blood is mostly caffeine right now. So it's it's something you can do when you're young. Not anymore. (laughs) So. After this interview, Robbie, who should be gloating because this couple very obviously had love at first sight, he's actually kind of sad. Like he looks bummed out. He admits that seeing this really happy couple makes him worry that one day they're going to end up like that last couple that couldn't stand Mm -hmm. each other and ended up divorcing. He doesn't want to think about the future for this happy couple because the other couple was at one time a happy couple. Right. He has this feeling of foreboding that their love isn't going to last. And like, that's really sweet, I think. I actually understand because I had to take a break from the story and go watch a true crime documentary just to kind of like, you know, sober myself up because I was starting to believe that the world was like safe. (laughs) Marigold is not willing to let Robbie walk away in a bad mood. She literally just like grabs them and drags them onto a bus. They get on a city bus. She has no idea where they're going. She goes, let's look around and let's stop when we see something fun. That sounds awesome to me. They see a thrift store and they go thrift shopping together, which I never thought about this, but it is kind of like a cute little fun date idea. If you Mm -hmm. think about it, get some coffee, go to the thrift store, pick out some cute little vintage stuff for each other. And by vintage, I mean things from 1995. Just try to find the most ridiculous thing you can. Oh my God, pick out crazy outfits for each other. Yeah. Or like, 
hey, look, I found this lamp shaped like a mouse riding a chinchilla. I'm going to get it. It's 99 cents. (laughs) Right. Yes. Do you notice that thrift stores are starting to catch on that they're cool now and they're starting to raise their prices? Dude, it's $7.99 for a pair of jeans at Goodwill right now. Yeah, that's crazy. I could spend $10.99 and get a brand new pair. Why would I buy yeah. your crusty, mas- musty, unwashed ass jeans that I have to wash myself? It's like they there's an upcharge for people farting in, in their clothes. Yeah, absolutely not. It's been seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cast iron skillet for your booty. <laughs> While they're thrift shopping, Marigold tells Robbie... It's been really hard for her to make friends because she's at a different point in her life than a lot of these other students. She's older and she just hasn't really been able to make friends. I think it's really just her mindset because Robbie is Mm -hmm. actually older than her and he's had no issues, you know? They go back outside. It starts raining and he keeps them dry under a really gross jacket that he just bought at the thrift store. Yeah, it's like a Dracula trench coat. So it doubles as an umbrella. He's holding it up over them because apparently Marigold Mm -hmm. is very short and he's very tall. Yes. So he just forms this human tent as they wait for the bus. Again, he complains about being hungry and she starts feeding him banana muffins. And he's like, just whipped muffins out of thin air. (laughs) She's the kind of friend that always has snacks in her purse. You know what? We, We need those kinds of friends. The friend who has snacks in her purse also has like a variety of things that can double as weapons in an emergency. She is the tactical friend. So, you know, you leave the drive through and realize they didn't give you a straw. Boom. She has six in her purse. <laughs> right. I want to be that friend. I just hate carrying purses. Purses are such an inconvenience for me. This is giving first date vibes, to be honest. Robbie is constantly dropping little subliminal messages to Marigold Mm -hmm. about how he likes her. And they just go way over her head. She is not catching on. She is being so oblivious. It drives me nuts because he is so obviously into her. Yeah. And she's just pretending that she doesn't see it. And also Marigold opens up about her parents, how they got divorced in her senior year of high school. But since they're both teachers in this tiny, small town, they just had to still work together and how they're miserable. But Robbie's parents are still together. So Mm -hmm. you kind of wonder if that is what's informing their opinions on why Robbie is so optimistic and Marigold Mm -hmm. is such a grump. The next interview is set up by Robbie Mm -hmm. and they are meeting this couple at the library. And Marigold is like, why are we at the library? Robbie's like, trust me, you want to interview this couple in a place where you have to be quiet and can't yell. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of ominous. Yeah, they get stood up by their couple. What, does he get a message that they're not coming? Yeah. Robbie gets a text that says what had happened was they missed their bus and... Excuses. Don't want to hear it. Yeah. They're like, we missed our bus. Our grandma died. Yeah. Um, Both of ours were cousins. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Both of our grandmother, who's the same person, uh, died. Yeah. They agree to study and work on their project. They're already at the library. They have a lot to do. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that Marigold and Robbie are constantly bantering back and forth. So they're being loud and there's somebody that's like, hey, can you guys get out of here? And so now they have to pick a different floor to go study at. They get into the elevator. She picks the fifth floor and he's like, no, that one's cold. I don't want to go to the fifth floor. So she picks the sixth and he's like, oh boy, not the sixth floor. And she's like, what's wrong with the sixth floor? And he's like, you know, and she does not know. She does not know. But they go to the sixth floor and they end up 
walking past an aisle where there are two people having sex. Yeah, and she's like, turn back, save yourself, leave, leave. (laughs) And so she freaks out. She grabs Robbie and pulls him into a broom closet. And she's like, why did you do this? Now we have to walk past them again to leave. She's like, I don't know. I panicked. Marigold is having like a little mini embarrassment panic attack. I'm like, girl, Mm -hmm. you're not the one that should be embarrassed. You're not the one having public sex at a library. First of all, does this library not have any security footage or do they have security footage and the security guard is currently busy? The security guard is currently busy. (laughs) Gross. The closet that Marigold pulled them into is really tight. And so they try to get out. The doorknob is just not turning. She's like, oh my God, we're locked in. They are locked in there. This closet only opens from the outside. Why are there doors that only open from the outside? I have no idea. They're called bunkers. Can we just agree (laughs) that any room that only opens from the outside is a bunker? Yes, we can agree on that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) um, Marigold's like, you know what? It's fine. I'll just call somebody from the library and have them come and let us out. When she does that, they're like, okay, well, the dude with the key's not here yet. So when he gets here, I'll send him up. Marigold and Robbie have to wait for an unknown amount of time Mm -hmm. in this closet that's too tight for them to stand side by side Mm -hmm. so like what are their options they either have to stand back to back face to face or like like all of it is awkward and so they're trying to sit down they take their backpacks off and she's trying to like curl up and like squeeze her legs into her so he can spread out and he's like no just use me like an armchair and first of all i'm like absolutely And what a sexy line. I will use you as an armchair. He's like, just lean back between my legs. And then he's like, oh, look, it's so cute. You're so tiny. I have a little chin rest. They get a little physically close there. They've been opening up and now they're Mm -hmm. forced proximity is my favorite trope. Yes. That's why elevators are such excellent tools in a story, because you're forcing two people to be in this tight space. Mm -hmm. They're in the closet. She wiggles a little and he's like, dear fucking God, don't ever do that again. You need to stop. Oh, my goodness. To kind of lighten all the sexual attention. He's like, hey, why do you always ask the question about the coffee? She says that her theory is a person who cares about taking care of their partner Mm -hmm. and doing these little selfless acts. It says a lot about how they feel about the person. And Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, it's it's in the little everyday things. Mm -hmm. Robbie tells her that the reason he's a senior and 28 years old is because he also had to take time off after high school. He traveled a lot. And then he came back because his mom got cancer. Mm -hmm. She thought he was younger than her. He just turned 28 and she's 27. So she's like, what? Isn't it kind of a red flag that she thought he was younger? Doesn't that kind of make it seem like she doesn't think much of him? Well, I read somewhere that men don't reach emotional maturity until their 40s. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Take it back. I think it's for women. It's 25. I'm going to look it up. Women reach emotional maturity around 32, while men finish reaching emotional maturity around 43. So you're telling me that right now there's a bunch of 40-year-olds walking around who are completely emotionally immature and have no idea what feelings are. Yes. That checks out. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. See, it's it's all coming together. Science. Uh, Yes, it all makes sense. Coincidentally, what is the minimum age to become president of the United States? 
It's 35. Oh, my God. (laughs) Any president under the age of 43 was not emotionally mature enough to be president. Yeah, it checks out. Women, on the other hand, reach emotional maturity before we're allowed to become president. Yeah, so we have some time there. Women should be allowed to become president at 21. We talk a lot of shit for two women who are happily married. We do. It's funny because I told my husband that. I was like, we hate on men a lot for like having like doting, wonderful husbands, you know? (laughs) Yeah. We just need to represent, you know, for our girls that are about the streets, you know? I joke and say that I'm made for the streets, but only if that street is Bourbon Street. What's what's Bourbon Street? It's in New Orleans. (laughs) All other streets I will politely decline. The guy with the key finally shows up. Marigold's like, oh, good, we're getting out. Because things started to get a little a little tense. I think she was getting downstairs tingles. She was getting the basement shivers, the floor level trembles. The down below woes. The down below woes. <laughs> so the guy knocks on the door and he's like, hey, he's like, are you decent? She's like, yeah. He's like, are you alone? She's like, no. And then she's like, oh, oh. Yeah, dude, she's so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed for her. I would die. Like, I would just live in that closet. I would just move in. I'd be like, listen, I've got a purse full of snacks and straws. Like, we are good. Yeah. You know what? This is where <laughs> I live now. Yes. The minute the door opens, girl dips. She sprints out of that library. Yes. Yeah, super awkward. Marigold is at Robbie's place to interview another couple and she gets upstairs and he bought a whole bunch of vegan takeout food. Marigold assumed that they were having dinner with the couple that they were interviewing. Mm -hmm. But actually, Robbie reveals like, listen, I wanted to buy you dinner before we interview this couple because it's going to be really rough. Yeah, like this is going to be a shit show. I'm excited. I love shit shows more than I love awkward. (laughs) And he's like, do you want a beer? I can get you a beer. You're going to need a beer. Right. He is really setting this up. She notices he cut his hair. He notices that she has a new sweater. So that's the thing. Like when you start crushing on someone, you start start seeing things. "Mm, You know what? I've been watching you for months and I've never seen that sweater. I've been watching you through binoculars for months and months. I saw you take the tag off last night, baby. (laughs) (laughs) They're giving each other some goo-goo eyes, some little... Winky winks. Do you know there's this cute moment where Marigold goes to use this restroom to wash her hands? Yes. And she's like, this soap smells so like familiar. And she's getting this like nostalgia from the soap. Yes. And he leans past her to grab a towel. She's like, oh, it smells like you. Right. It's his soap. Oh, girl. And she's a bumbling little mess. She's like, which makes sense because like this is your house and your soap and you mm-hmm. use it. So, of course, this you would smell like the soap that I'm smelling yeah. right now. And it's so cute. The flustered bumbling mess is one of my mm-hmm. favorite things. They were supposed to eat dinner before the couple got there, but the couple ended up coming by early before they ate. And Robbie starts freaking out. Marigold does such a good job of being like, it's fine. I'll just put this away. We'll set it aside. We'll do the interview. I would be munching on that food as I'm asking questions. I would be like, mm. So, so how'd you guys meet? <laughs> right? It turns out this couple is Robbie's parents. He did not prepare Marigold for this. So she is really surprised. And the reason Robbie was so nervous is his dad is a giant, enormous, colossal, hemorrhoid covered asshole. <laughs> Just the worst. 
you can tell Robbie's dad is thoroughly unimpressed with him. Right. Robbie's dad is the opposite of Robbie in many ways. And not just that. Robbie's dad, as he's telling the story of how they met, he says things like, yeah, well, you know, she used to be beautiful. Straight to jail. Divorce. Throw the whole husband away. So, you know, they're going through their interview questions. The dad's kind of cutting the mom off every time she tries to answer a question. So condescending the way he talks to her. And this is for an interview in front of a stranger. Like you could just imagine how he treats her in private. I think Marigold does a good job at kind of ending the interview as quickly as she can. Once Robbie's parents leave, she just lets out this low whistle, this all-knowing, like, Mm -hmm. holy cow, how the hell did you turn out to be a decent person when that is your father? Robbie, at this point, just kind of trauma dumps all over Marigold. Yes, that's hot. He talks about (laughs) how his dad has always been a jerk like this, how he was an oopsie baby. And Marigold asks if maybe the dad messed with the mom's birth control to prevent her from like kind of achieving what she wanted. And he's like, oh, no, that's definitely a possibility. She kind of alludes to like, hey, when your parents were telling their story, it just sounded like anytime your mom was gaining independence, she would Mm -hmm. end up pregnant. Yeah. And he's 18 years younger than his older brother, who's a doctor. Don't you think it's so rude for an older sibling to grow up and be a doctor or a lawyer? Like, why would you do that? Why would you set the bar so high? Right. Like, go live in the streets and go, Mm -hmm. you know, be an example for us to just do better regardless of what we choose. Set the bar low so we can always rise above it. That's your responsibility as the first sibling. Think of your siblings when you're the oldest. Don't be selfish. Yeah. If you have ambition, push it down. (laughs) Yeah. If you have ambition, you need to stomp it down. While Marigold and Robbie are kind of unpacking this interview and Mm -hmm. unpacking Robbie's childhood, they're sitting on the floor. Like this is how emotionally Mm -hmm. exhausted they are from those people that they just talked to. Mm -hmm. They are on the floor and Robbie starts giving Marigold beer and they're eating the food. Marigold gets a little too tipsy a little too quickly. There's this really cute moment where Marigold complains about being cold. Mm -hmm. So Robbie gets her a blanket, tucks her in, And it's this really sweet moment where he's kind of taking care of her and she's so cozy under this Mm -hmm. blanket. And she says, you know, I could just sleep here, right here on this floor. She passes out on the floor and Mm -hmm. he passes out beside her. They just kind of... He just snuggles up against her. I am no fun because all I keep thinking about is this food that's sitting out and you will no longer be able to consume. Put it in the fridge. Have you never eaten leftovers you left on the counter? I would never. Listen... I play fast and loose when it comes to, am I going to give myself food poisoning? No, I'm scared of food poisoning, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm really scared. I'm just like, you know what? If I die, I die. If I die, I die with a belly full of fried rice I left out on the counter. When Robbie wakes up in the morning... Marigold's gone. She done dipped and didn't even wake him up. I don't know. It's kind of rude, I think, to just disappear. At least leave a note. Shit. Can you imagine, though, like he had this night and he wakes up and she's gone and she's never seen again and he can't remember what happened to her? And he's just like, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Oh, no. Did I murder someone by accident and not remember? Uh, Yeah, that is my biggest fear. No, this is why you need ring cameras everywhere. So you could have record of whether or not you murdered someone. It's for your protection, honestly. Yes. 
I don't think they even have each other's phone numbers. They don't because when they meet up the next day, he's kind of miffed. You know, he's a little he's a little grumpy and she's like, "What the hell?" The next day they meet at the food court because mm-hmm. Marigold lined up another couple. Mm-hmm. And Robbie is acting really weird. She keeps asking him what's wrong and he keeps saying, "Don't make me say it out loud." As always, there are no follow-up questions. Do you know how hard I would hound someone if I asked them what's wrong and they would say, don't make me say it out loud? I would climb them like a tree until we were (laughs) face-to-face and be like, tell me. I would hold their face and just be like, I am not moving until we unpack this and your entire childhood. Mm -hmm. Have a seat. We're going to be here for a minute. They're waiting on this next couple to show up. Again, they're running late. The couple is. Robbie and Marigold exchange phone numbers for the first time, which Mm -hmm. I think is so weird. Like, how have they been meeting up? Is it all like emails? Yeah. And Robbie tells her that he was kind of taken aback this morning that she had just left and didn't say anything. And he didn't have her phone number to even check to make sure she got home okay. And she admits, dude, it's, you know, I didn't leave because I was upset or anything. I just had morning breath and morning hair and I'm really grumpy in the morning he says like you really shouldn't take me seriously like most of the time i'm just making it up as i go i'm talking out my ass marigold says you're extremely thoughtful and you should stop pretending like you're a walking punchline this seems to hit robbie somewhere and i think it's mm-hmm. it's this place where he feels really seen he even says no one's ever said that to me most people think my silliness is my charm And she's like, well, it is. But like, there's a lot of other things about you that are charming, you know? Dude, I kind of relate to this so much because sometimes people who are always like laughing and upbeat, sometimes Mm -hmm. they, they have the darkest minds sometimes. For sure. And they feel really unseen because they know that everybody just sees them as this bubbly person. Mm hmm. At this point, you can tell Robbie's a goner goner when it comes to Marigold. I think this is the moment where he fell madly in love with her. I think he liked her beforehand. I think this is the moment where he's like, I'm going to wife her up. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to wife her up like a windshield wiper. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm going to kidnap her and force her to marry me like I'm in the mob. I feel like the mob gets to do all the fun things. Right? And people just let it go because it's like, it's the mob. Like, of course. I'm not Italian enough. They won't let me in the mob. I checked. (laughs) (laughs) We can make our own mob. (gasps) Really? You do that for me? I would do that for you. Yes, I want to. (laughs) I mean, we already, we said we would do a cult. Mm -hmm. I feel like a mob sounds more fun than a cult. A cult just sounds like a lot of work and a lot of organizing events and meetings. Mm -hmm. I want to just have underlings. Okay, that's definitely mob. Although cult also works. Let's put a pin in our whole mob plans. We'll revisit it later. We will revisit it. Marigold assures Robbie that she had a great time with him and Mm -hmm. that she's just not used to this. And when he, Robbie... Asks Mm -hmm. a follow-up question of, what do you mean, this? They get interrupted because, of course. They get interrupted, and he never finds out what she means by this, but we know what she means. Mm -hmm. This penis. Mm -hmm. This next couple is so cute. They finish each other's sentences. They're almost like sickeningly sweet and in love. Okay, but they're also, what, 14 and 15? Sure. (laughs) Well, Robbie says, how long have you guys been together? And the girl says, well, we've been talking for three, official for two. And Robbie says, months. 
She goes, weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. But girl, I mean, that's a lifetime when you're young. Like I remember time just seems to go by so slowly when you're young. Two month relationship when you're young, that's your whole life. Because you're not busy. You're not. All you have to do is think about this person 24 seven. Yeah. And you're talking all the time. And especially when they go to the same school, you see them all day. You have no worries. You have no responsibilities to sort of dampen your relationship. It is the purest. This Mm -hmm. young love is definitely the purest love. After this interview is over, Marigold and Robbie gush over how cute this couple was. Mm -hmm. Marigold says, I chose them as a gift to you. I wanted to give you that final cherry on top of breaking the tie and making love at Mm -hmm. first sight part of our argument. Yeah. So this is where the guilt gets the best of Marigold and she finally comes clean about how she ruined Robbie's life. So as far as Robbie's concerned, the very first time they met was mm-hmm. at the administration office. They were both called in for some sort of cheating scandal. They were accused of cheating on a final exam. And he had never even spoken to Marigold before. No, he was like, I don't even know what happened. He's like, I just know that I was going about my life and then I got pulled in, accused of cheating and threatened with expulsion. And so Marigold says that she actually noticed him way before because Mm -hmm. she was going through a lot in her life. She was not having a good time. She always Mm -hmm. had this anxiety. She was really sad. But then when she saw him walk through the door, she felt this instant calmness Mm -hmm. and she never talked to him, but she just wanted to be near him. She wanted to hear him laugh. She wanted to hear him telling stories to his friends. She liked being around him. Listen, if this is not the plot of you, I don't know what it is, you know, only not as creepy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's low key creepy. If you think about it, Marigold was slowly trying to get closer to Robbie and he didn't even know she existed. And she's sitting closer and closer to him and he doesn't Uh see her. This is so creepy. It's so creepy. (laughs) But she admits that the cheating scandal was her fault. The reason they were accused of cheating is that the professor started noticing that whenever they had an exam, she would sit right behind him and she was only doing it because it made her feel better. Mm -hmm. But then when the professor checked the final exam by some fluke, they both got the same answers wrong. Even though she scored Mm -hmm. higher than him, they had the same wrong answers Yeah. And that looked really suspicious. Yeah. And she's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I understand that like this added a whole bunch of shit to your plate that you didn't need. Like, I'm so sorry. It was all my fault. I mean, you've ruined this kid's academic career, really, because now this is going on his record. He had to retake this class. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt his GPA. All this like this is not small beans. And it's all because she was obsessed with him and couldn't stop staring at him. I think it's kind of cute. Yeah, it's super adorbs. (laughs) Yeah, and she's just like confessing all of this with like word vomit. And he's not even mad. (laughs) Oh my God, he is actually the most excited he's ever been. And she doesn't understand. She's getting upset. Like, why aren't you angry with me? And he's like, Marigold, listen to the story you just told me. Imagine we're interviewing someone and they're telling that story. And she's like, okay. And he's like, what does it sound like to you? I walk through the door. You see me for the first time. Mm -hmm. You get the warm and fuzzies. You want to be closer to me. 
And she's like, I don't understand. What? What does it mean? And he's like, think hard. Yeah. And he's like, you love it for sighted me. And she's like, shut up. You're fucking wrong. You're, you're dumb and tall and wrong. <laughs> and gorgeous and stupid. No, she really... She gets super defensive. Yes. And he thinks it's hilarious. She starts walking away and he's like, face your feelings. And she's like, jump in the river. <laughs> yes. They get in this cute little weird argument as they're walking away from each other. Yeah. He's like, I'm so happy you love me. She's like, no, I don't. He's like, I'll text you. She's like, I'll block you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Robbie in his cute little brain, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning. Mm -hmm. And he concocts a plan to make her realize that she loves him. He convinces her to meet him at a coffee shop to interview their last couple. Marigold goes to order a drink when she gets there. And he's like, oh, no, no, I ordered for you. I got like an herbal tea for you. Right. And she's like, huh, OK. And then another drink comes out. Right. He's asking her to rate the coffee. Then another drink comes out. And she is so confused. At this point, she has four different drinks in front of her. And one of them is a hot turmeric golden oat milk latte. Which are delicious, by the way. He asked her to rate that one. And that one is a 10. So he's excited. And she asked him, she's like, is this about the coffee thing? And he's like, listen, he's like, I don't know how to make coffee. But he's like, if I know what you like, I can come over here and I can order it for you and bring it back to you before you wake up. The barista calls out another drink. Marigold is like, how many drinks are left? He said, I ordered 26. I laughed yeah. out loud when I heard that. Like, he said, I, I ordered 26. I need to know what you like. And she's <laughs> like, what the hell? And he's like, no, we're in love. Dude, he's flushed with cash if he can afford 26 drinks. A college student afforded 26 drinks at a coffee shop in this economy? No. So Marigold says, you know what? This is crazy. We need to clear these cups away before the interview comes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, baby, no. We're the interview. Yeah. He's like, Marigold, no one's coming. I'm the interview. He says that for him, it wasn't love at first sight. But he watched her calmly obliterate someone's argument and he loved it so much that he wrote it down. And then he pulls out the notebook where he wrote it down. And not only did he write that down, he started writing down anytime she spoke up in class, he would write down what she said. So he had a notebook with his notes from that class and it was full of quotes from her. Girl, that Ugh. would get me. That would get me. Like, he listens. He listens. He remembers. He's interested. Do you know how hard it is to get a man to listen, let alone take notes? Listen, I'm just going to toss my birth control into the garbage disposal. I don't know. I don't think any woman wants to hear like, oh, yeah, I saw you. And I thought, meh. And then I just kept seeing you. You just kept being around and you just kept getting closer and closer. Finally, I gave up. <laughs> Finally, I just gave up. I lowered my standards and I was like, eh, okay. She's starting to come around. She's starting to see his argument that like, oh, we're, we're feeling things. He tells her that he wanted to be friends with her, but that she wouldn't even make eye contact with him. He thought she hated him and she thought that he hated her, you know? Yeah. So it's like fake enemies to friends to lovers. Right. He says he was excited to partner with her because he knew that he could turn her around mm -hmm. and make her love him. He's like, so are we doing this? Are we doing this? Dude, this is the cutest line that I've heard. He says, I think about you all the time. I'm ecstatic to be near you. I think everything you say is the best. I worry about whether or not you've had dinner. Like, I just I love that. Yes. That's so sweet. Marigold admits that it was love at first sight for her. But, you know, only after he admits he has very strong feelings for her. They leave the coffee shop. 
He's like, all right. He's like, let's try out this hand holding thing. And so he like grabs her hand. He's like, so how is this? Is this good? Do we like hand holding? Are we are we a hand holding couple? <laughs> and then they start talking about how they should go over to this tree and kiss because maybe the first kiss is more important than the first sight. Yeah. And that is where our production leaves us. Yeah, it was a very sweet story. I actually really enjoyed it, even though I had to take breaks to kind of sprinkle in some true crime in between. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> this was some Splenda shit, you know? I love it. This was some Splenda Parmesan. This is yes. Splenda soaked Parmesan. Gross, but okay. Sweet and cheesy is what I mean. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> All right, guys, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is bringing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye.